Hello and welcome to the MMM USD Education Podcast, where we explore, share, challenge, and search out innovations in education, starting right here in our own backyard of Vermont. Welcome to the MMM USD Education Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you sign up for updates at our blog or follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. If you have a show idea or would like to produce a segment, let us know. Today's show is part one of a series exploring the art of conferring. So where to start in this investigation? We start with somebody that knows an awful lot about what they're talking about, Beth Moore. (laughs) I'm Beth Moore. I'm a staff developer for the Reading and Writing Project at Columbia University. Besides being just about the nicest person in the world, Beth has been working with MMMUSD schools supporting educators in implementing Writer's Workshop. Writer's Workshop is essentially a time every day for kids to practice their own writing. Um, The kids work at their own pace, they can choose their own topics, um, a lot like little independent writing projects. So when a kid finishes one piece, they just start another and another and another so that they can work um, really at their own pace and um, have a lot of choice over what they're going to write. A lot of our work is based on conditions of learning. If you're familiar with research by Brian Camborn, um, the workshop model allows for kids to work independently, which we know is really supportive for learning something new. It allows for kids to have responsibility over their own work because they are the ones choosing what topic and how how quickly or how slowly to be moving through a piece of writing. They're the ones choosing what strategies to apply and which ones not to apply. So the workshop model really gives a lot of responsibility to the kids um, by allowing them to make lots of choices. Um, Built into the workshop model also is um, a a huge focus on giving feedback. So um, as kids are working independently, the teacher's role is really just that, is moving from kid to kid or from table to table or from group to group, uh, researching each child's work and then providing very clear, explicit feedback so the kids know their next steps. And this is where the art of conferring comes into the picture. Beth used the word research in her talk about conferring, and I asked her a bit more about that. You are. You're, you're looking both at what's on the page, but also what kids are doing and, and what they're saying, and you're really working like a researcher. Um, you're looking for the student's strengths, and the strategies they are using, and then you're using your knowledge of writing to determine what's a compliment and also what, what to teach students as their next steps. So we have this larger concept of writer's workshop, and Beth talks about researching our scholars, and then when you dig down deeper, we have this element of conferring. So conferring is when a teacher pulls, we usually use the word conferring for working one-on-one with students. Mm-hmm. and. and Specifically, when you pull up next to a student and you research their writing, you decide on one element to support or complement and one element to teach that's new. That's what we would call a writing conference. 
um, it's very structured on, if you were to look at it on paper, there's a pattern to the way conferences go in writer's workshop. There's a structure to it. But if you were to listen to one in real time, it sounds just like a regular conversation with kids. You, you know, you sit down with a student and you're asking them open-ended questions and asking them, you know, taking a look at their writing, maybe flipping through their folder or their notebook. Um, it should be mostly the kid talking, not the teacher. Um, but what's really happening um, below the surface is that the teacher ha is going through these steps of first researching, then supporting and complementing, reinforcing strategies that are already in place, and then adding one new strategy for students to incorporate into their work. Beth has had the opportunity to be in a lot of schools working in writer's workshop and reader's workshop, and I asked her what some of the most challenging points she consistently saw around conferring were. Well, having been in lots of schools, um, probably the, the biggest challenge with conferring is time because kids are so interesting. There's so, you know, it's, it's really nice to sit down and, and talk one-on-one -on -one with kids and really, really dig in and look through their whole folder and their whole notebook and have them read to you their whole story and have them tell you all about it. Um, and then you look up at the clock and 20 minutes have gone by with one student. So that's probably the biggest challenge is learning how to have these conversations with kids in a way that is organic and um, is kid friendly and you don't want to be rushing. But at the same time, you want to be able to pace yourself so that you get to meet with as many kids as possible. So it's really helpful for teachers to research kids ahead of time, too. So there's the research that happens in the moment when you're sitting down with a student, but then there's also all this behind-the-scenes work that teachers are doing. Um, we, we usually do a pre-assessment before a unit begins. We might give um, an on-demand writing assessment, which is just a fancy way of saying asking kids to write a piece of writing as best they can and then we look at those and that really informs our decisions for what to teach in the unit but also what to confer with with each kid. So we have those assessments to look at but then we can also take home their writer's notebook or their folders and look at those and um, do some research ahead of time. Um, and then I also like to set aside usually the first few minutes of each workshop mm -hmm. to just circulate and read over kids' shoulders, poke around in their notebooks, move from table to table, and really make sure I'm keeping the big picture in mind so that when I do start to target kids for conferring, I'm, um, I, have a, a, I can budget my time really well. I have a, a master plan in mind when I'm conferring. I asked Beth what she thought a student would say if I asked them why conferring is important. I think they would say it's so that they can, they know what their goal is for a writer, because that's the language we use with kids a lot, is we might say one thing you could be working on, or we would often say, so I think your goal is, or your goal for tomorrow, or your goal for next week. So I think kids would probably say it's all about um, figuring out their goals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's really huge for kids, knowing that they will have their, their time to share their work with the teacher because um, the teacher matters to kids. 
as I was listening, I started to think about my own experiences as a student with writing and started to wonder if Beth thought that there was any improvement with a writer's workshop and conferring in terms of providing an audience for students. Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, I know in my own experiences as right. a as a student, I often just wrote for a grade. Yeah. You know, I just thought about how many points will I be able to get on this or what does the teacher want? Um, or even a lot of times, I think other other methods or more traditional writing was used more to write about content. So it was more about getting the answers right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't really about the quality of writing. It was about getting the answer to whatever question it was. Because usually, I, I think more traditional writing had to do with answering a prompt or answering a question. So... Mm-hmm kids may probably are more geared toward just getting the right answer instead of thinking about the level of detail or the structure or the voice in their piece. We all know today that writing is more prevalent than ever with emails, social media, blogs, communication is at the center of our writing now. Well, one of the things I know that we're very aware of at the Reading and Writing Project is that we don't know what writing will look like five years from now, 10 years from now, and certainly not 20 years from now. Um, And we can't predict exactly what kids will need to be able to do by the time they graduate from high school because things just are changing faster and faster and faster. So we're very aware of that. And so the work they're doing during Writer's Workshop is as much about different ways of thinking as it is about the product that they're creating. So, you know, the units are geared around genre, so narrative units, informational units, persuasive units, argument units, and while each unit ends with a a product that's published and, and will be presented to an audience, it's just as much about learning to think in those different ways, to be able to think in a story, in chronological order with a problem and solution and characters in a setting, and it's as you know, and it's a different way of thinking when you're thinking about presenting information than used to have a, a big idea and supporting categories to mm-hmm. fit with it. And then especially with argument and opinion, too, it's a, a whole way of thinking. So um, that's how I kind of see Writer's Workshop fitting with um, technology and digital literacy and media literacy is that the genre that kids are writing with will hopefully give them tools for different ways of thinking when they need to draw upon those different ways of thinking. I think about the different types of texts that I create on the web, blogs and tweets and emails and social media posts, and I'm often thinking to myself, is this, should I do this in a story form? Would that be the best way? Should this be more like an informational piece or am I arguing for something is this something that I need to be persuasive mm-hmm. and, and I'm drawing from all the strategies when I'm doing that work so when when teachers or educators it could be anybody they're conferring with a student how do they keep that end in mind as they're conferring and not fall into the habit of structure and content alone the product you mean yeah. like, like focus yeah. on making this a perfect piece of writing right. versus this versus way of thinking. Because um, I imagine that's hard. You're in the moment. It is hard. And, and sometimes you're, you see a student that's put something together and 
in your publication time, and you're like, oh, yeah, let's, let's focus on the product. But the real mission of conferring is the craft. Yes. Is it not? Yes. Well, we have a, we have a mantra in Writer's Workshop that we often say is teach the writer, not the writing. And we say it often. It's sort of our go-to message is that when you're sitting with a kid and conferring, it's, it is very tempting to look at the piece of writing that's sitting in front of them, like the actual paper, the product, and want it's, you, you, you're tempted to just kind of fix up that one story or that one essay. And we know that, yeah, you could tell the kid what to do and you could make this the most beautiful essay they've ever written, but then what will they do next time? Mm-hmm. So it's, we're, we're always reminding ourselves that it's about teaching the kid um, strategies that they can use over and over and over again and not about just coming up with a, a perfect, beautiful published piece. Um, so instead of just fixing up that one piece, we try to leave them with a strategy that's transferable to all of their work. As MMMUSD is in the beginning phases of implementation, I wondered what other schools looked like that had been doing this for a longer amount of time, and in particular, what students look like. All over the country, there are schools that have been doing writer's workshop for a really long time, like decades, mm-hmm. and um, way before there were units of study books and um, all, the, all the rest. And in those schools, what, what, you, what you see is that as kids move through the grades, they are really teaching each other. They, they're not just trying to remember what their teacher taught them today or last week or even last year. They, it's, it's a built-in, um, it's just woven into the fabric of their classroom and, and their school. So when kids go off to write during writing time, they have this huge bank of strategies that they've been taught since kindergarten that they share with each other. Um, and they'll remind each other of work that they could be doing or ideas that they might write about. Um, you also hear it in their, the language that kids use when they talk about writing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a common vocabulary. So if you and I were writing partners as kids and you were reading your writing to me and I said, oh, you could add in dialogue that shows how the character was feeling, mm-hmm. you would know what I'm talking about. Whereas when it's a little newer, um, kids don't have that vocabulary and it's harder for them to give each other support like that because they just don't have the words for it. Or if one kid does, the other might not. So that's one huge difference is is that um, you see kids supporting each other um, in really pretty sophisticated ways. So do you see, um, after years and years of, of strong conferring practice, do you see students walking away with skills around conferring versus writing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, do they, are, they, are they able to sit down with a peer or an educator yeah. or a parent and confer better because they've had that conferring process? Absolutely. Um, when the work is new to kids, sometimes mm-hmm. they aren't quite sure what to say or what to show a teacher in a writing conference. And um, in, the, I mean, in the primary grades, we actually teach lessons for the kids to show them how a conference goes. And sometimes those lessons are necessary even in the upper grades if they haven't had the work in the past. So we might, um, we might prepare a student ahead of time and then model with the whole class watching. We might say, watch how this conference goes. And then I, as the teacher, would do the first part of the conference and then turn to the rest of the class and say, did you see how I asked lots of questions? 
and um, and Johnny answered them by talking about his writing. And I might say, you know, see, did you notice how he used the charts around our classroom to say which strategies he tried out in his writing? You could do that too when I'm conferring with you. So we don't keep it like a secret for kids. Mm-hmm. We try to make it as transparent as possible. We might even have a chart in the classroom that shows the steps of a conference so kids know how it's going to go. And then even just having that structure for the conference is really helpful for kids because they get used to how a conference tends to go and they, they aren't wondering, like, why is this, what, what's going to happen or what, what is she going to ask me because it usually has a pattern to it. They just they get used to how a conference might go. What, what are you most often asked by educators about conferring? The first piece about time. Yeah. And then the second piece is usually how do I know what to teach? How do I know, you know, what the what the next step should be? Because there are so many possibilities. Because when you're teaching young kids, they they need everything. So how do you decide where what to prioritize and what to save for later? So we, um, it's really important that teachers have lots and lots of support with learning the stages that kids tend to go through. Because um, it isn't. It isn't a mystery. There's lots and lots of research on it, and we, we do have a very clear idea of the steps the kids tend to go through, um, and there are lots of resources out there. There are checklists and rubrics and examples of student work that kind of show that pathway that kids go through from kindergarten to first to second, um, and when you know those stages really well, that is really helpful for knowing what to teach next. But there's never one right answer either. So that is always going to be the, one of the trickiest parts about conferring. Teachers don't just use conferring in writer's workshop. They use it throughout the entire day in every subject and in every way. Yeah, absolutely. Because once you, once you figure out how you can set up your classroom in a way where kids are working independently and you can move from kid to kid... Um, you realize that the feedback you're able to give kids is so much more valuable to them than when you're trying to teach the same thing to the whole class. Because that, that time with each kid pays off because you're able to teach them something they really can do. Whereas the time you, you're spending whole class teaching moves the unit forward or keeps things moving in your classroom, but it, it doesn't pay off in the, the really clear ways that the one-on-one work pays off. I asked Beth about the differences between written and verbal feedback for scholars. Every kid is different, right? Mm-hmm. So for some kids, written feedback can be really effective. Um, we're finding in middle schools that using Google Docs and and just the really informal chats back and forth with kids as they're working is mm-hmm. really nice for kids because they're at an age and a stage where face-to-face with the teacher sometimes isn't as effective as doing something in writing or online back and forth. But we're fine, you know, with if you're working with kindergartners, for the most part, sitting in person with the teacher is going to be, right. well, actually not for the most part, 100% of yeah, the time. Absolutely. Sitting one-on-one with the teacher is going to be way more effective than any smiley face post-it note on their work could yeah. possibly be. And one of the things that's really important is to look at your notes from your conferences mm-hmm. 
And each time you sit down with a kid for the next conference, check and see, like, are they actually doing what I taught them last time? Because that's really important feedback for you as the teacher to, to know, you know, when I had that last conference, was it effective? So if I gave them written feedback last time and they're not doing what I taught, then I, pr I probably need to try something else. Or if I sat, you know, one-on-one -on -one and showed them examples of my own writing and that didn't work, then I need to try something else. So using your notes to decide if your methods are working is really important. So it's like a coffee table book about coffee tables. It's a writer's workshop notebook <laughs> about writer's workshop Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I asked Beth to share at least one piece of great advice for teachers around conferring, and I explained that as I was listening and talking with her on this day, I couldn't help but feel like it, conferring was such a huge part of this, and it was so important to the process. As you're talking, I'm actually having this, this sort of flashback to uh, years and years ago when I was um, a student of, of Lucy Calkins. She said to all of us in class that she wishes she had called it conferring workshop mm. because she believes that the heart of the writer's workshop and reader's workshop, by the way, is conferring one-on-one -on -one with kids. And that on any given day, you could absolutely forego the mini lesson, you could forego the share at the end, you could forego the mid-workshop interruptions, but you cannot forego the conferring. That is what a workshop is. Mm -hmm. That's the whole, that, that is, that is the, the central um, piece of the conferring. We want to thank Beth Moore for taking the time to talk to us and help us learn some more about Writer's Workshop and conferring. You can find her online on Twitter at Beth Moore, TCRWP, or at the blog twowritingteachers.wordpress.com. In our next episode, we'll be visiting classrooms to listen in on the art of conferring and find out how teachers are growing in their practice. Links and information from this show are included in the show notes and on our blog. My name is Michael Berry. Thanks for listening.